sensual toe tapping up your street. Hello and welcome to This Is 8 CD. My name is Jerry Scullion and I'm a designer, educator and I'm the host of This Is 8 CD based in the wonderful city of Dublin, Ireland. Now our goal here is to have conversations that inspire and help move the dial forward for organisations to become more human-centred in their approach to solving complex business and societal problems. Now this is a new type of episode that I'm looking to explore more over the coming years and that is looking laterally into other fields where we as change makers can find inspiration. And inspiration is hopefully what you are about to feel and hear in this conversation with one of the finest singer-songwriters around today and that is Mark Geary. Now the music you hear throughout this episode is from Mark's first album released in 2002 and has accompanied me on my journey as a designer and an expatriate whilst living in Australia. It wasn't until recently though that we got to sit face to face in front of a turf stove drinking countless coffees and singing and playing guitar together in Mark's gorgeous cottage in the wilds of a rainy autumn day deep within a forest on the outskirts of Dublin city. Now in this conversation we chat about the remarkable journey that Mark has been on for over the last two decades that has seen him play all over the world countless times. Mark doesn't play music to be adored though, he really plays to exist and hopefully that comes across in this episode. It's really part of who he is, it's part of his fabric. He constantly tours around the world, often with Glenn Hansard, another phenomenally talented Irish musician who lives no, lives close by. Now we speak about his roots in Chennai, uh, in New York, a place where he cut his teeth. Um, it was a free-flowing cafe that many music lovers will automatically connect probably with Jeff Buckley. Um, but this was a community of like-minded people that you're going to hear more of Mark talking about that really cheered and nurtured their own. A community much like our own within This Is CD that is trying to figure it all out and get ahead. Now, there are points in this conversation where we chat about Mark's environment and how having the space set up and ready to channel whatever it is that we call it and how it affects the process. Mark's guitars are all around the place. He's got notebooks everywhere. He's constantly playing. He's experimenting, he's trying and he's testing out ideas. He is, at his core, a master craftsperson. We even talk about how this environment is shaping his music or maybe it's his music that is shaping his environment how living within a forest is permeating his latest release with his latest single being called The Forest. So let's get into it. Mark Geary, a very warm welcome to Bringing Design Closer and this is HCD. I'm delighted to to be here with you. I'm sitting in your front room of your your beautiful cottage in County Kildare in Ireland with the, the log fire and the turf fire going. Um, a long-time admirer of your work, Mark. Um, maybe start off by telling our listeners a little, bit, a little bit about who you are and what's your background. Okay. Now, I have to say that all of this is a, is a, is a, is a movie set. None of this really exists. When you, <laughs> when you leave, it'll, I, we'll just it'll knock evaporate. it down. And, yeah, we'll just go, I'll go back to a, <clears throat> my high-rise apartment. Um, I am a musician. Uh, I guess I've been playing for most of my life. Um, I'm a father. I am... What else am I? I'm a traveler. I'm a seeker, I suppose. Ask myself a lot of questions. Ask other people a lot of questions. But a musician, I suppose, is uh, is the reason <clears throat> we're having this chat. Yeah. Um, but I'm lots of I'm lots of things. You know? You're lots of things. Yeah. You're you're a creator. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, mu- mu- music was the, was the thing that happened first, and it's the thing that I. It's it's such a comfort. Uh, it's such a, a comfortable little jumper. I never was a painter. I never was a. Um, they say that everyone has a book in them. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I wonder about that, but 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 music is the thing that excited me. I think you know, just to listen, just to be taken away on that little yeah, on that little bus ride. You know, it's crazy. Um, when we were we were chatting earlier about doing this episode together, I mentioned about two thousand and two, two thousand and three, maybe I think it was the the launch party of your first album. Maybe I'll take you back to that point in two thousand and two. And maybe a couple of years before that, you know, we mentioned that you were coming from London and you went to New York. Yeah. Take me back to that time. What, what was Mark Geary like back then in Gosh. those stages? <clears throat> what was uh, you afraid? What was you afraid of? Oh, I, Mark then was afraid of everything. I am. I'm. I'm pretty certain. Uh, when I lived in New York, uh, I, I I kept hearing a phrase that you that even if you were frightened, you know, you just show up mm. uh, uh, face to face to fear and, and, and just do it anyway. I kept hearing that. Mm. So so there was a there was a there was a moment in, in London when I was a, a young teenager. There was Bristol. There was a girlfriend in Bristol and then back to school and a kind of a, a realization that it wasn't really working <clears throat> whether they said that to me or whether I admitted that to them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my brother had this uh, place called the Chine Cafe that maybe maybe yeah. your, your listeners might be aware of. So so that was one of at least a hundred that I would be aware of uh, cafes that had music. Yeah. There was nothing really about Chine that should have uh made it stand out or catapulted into into or like 20 30 years later are still, still conversation you know there's not there's nothing about it there was no stage there was no uh there was no real plan uh, every every night people just kind of showed up and, yeah. and uh, no tickets and no you know it wasn't a event bright or any of that yeah. kind of stuff um and and I I do marvel I do marvel at like my brother Carl, who uh, lives in Glasgow now and is a writer, um, and he had his own journey of you know bar owner, uh, demolition, uh, you know, fucking working on a crew, doing all that. Yeah. You know, was an actor for a while, and 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 essentially kind of retreated into this this dream that he had, that I still remember. When we were sitting in our front room, me playing four strings on a guitar and Carl uh, with a notebook that he'd bought, a fortune, spent a fortune on a notebook. This is in when you were in New York or when, uh, you, were, when you were younger? No, when we were kids in, in, yeah. in Dublin. But, I, you know, I have to kind of kind of tip my hat to those two kids that hmm. uh, somehow with all of the, the, the turns and the jigs and the reels, I, I kind of continued on that like he yeah. Carl was successful as a as a as a bar owner and, and whatever but as far as joy or um something that kind of uh nurtured him or or 
he just kind of rejected it all. Mm. And uh, so he's writing and, and his second novel is done. And wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful stuff. And it's and it's like I'm I realized uh, just with Carl that he's writing and I'm I'm singing songs kind of about the same things. Yeah. You know, um, Can, let me take you back a little bit further to your childhood then, because it's uh-huh. it's unusual or maybe it is usual to have uh, two creative offspring in a, in a family, like you know. Yeah. What was the the formative years of your your childhood like, in terms of like you're a musician, uh, a writer, a creator, as we said, and yeah. and he's also followed a creative path. Well, we're we're the two youngest of a family of ten. Right. Okay. My dad was a bricklayer. Yeah. Um. So. Not to paint any kind of <clears throat> picture that is untrue or, but, you know, culture or there's that great line where, where I come from, art is short for Arthur, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> there, yeah. there was just, it was survival, it was subsistence, yeah. it was, you know, like so many kids and just cold and cornflakes and, and, and get out to school and, and. Get out, get do on the, with it. Just do the best you can, whatever madness is going on there. Don't bring it home. That's I, I think that's what it was. So, so how, how or why did did I have that yearning? I mean, you're a musician too. Why? Like, what's that awakening? Yeah. I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember a big uh, uh, stereo in the good room uh, in Ireland. There was a good room. Yeah, the coldest place in the house. No one was ever in there. It was like a museum. Yeah, but the there was this big stereo that was bought on HP Higher Purchase, the drip as we'd call it in Dublin. Yeah. And I snuck in there every night, and would put the speakers in such a way that I'd lean, I'd lie back and be in the middle of it. Yeah. And uh, and I know for certain that no one else was doing that. Yeah. And to me, it seemed like the only thing you should be doing, the yeah. only thing, the only sensible thing was to sneak into this, into this stereo and uh, under penalty of death, if you were, <laughs> if you were caught, you know, uh, press all these buttons. And then I remember um, there was a thing I found at the back. I'm not very, I'm not very electronic and I'm not very uh, techy. Mm-hmm. But I have a kind of an intuitive kind of techie. I yeah. found this button at the back that I was able to record into this stereo on a tape. And then someone gave me a microphone and I I literally was demoing. The lights went off. Kind of, the lights went off. And it wasn't that like, oh my God, I'm going to open a studio or whatever. Yeah. It was just that I was going to hear my voice and I was going to, I was going to try. You could hear it back. I, I was going to listen back to you know, well, that's okay, or that's awful. I mean, yeah. I could try to do something better, or, or or how do you, like, what is better? Like, how do you get better, you know? And what kind of music were you listening to back then? Like, what was available to you, like, from your <coughs> your older siblings? <coughs> like, that you, that really, you really, some some really appalling stuff, uh, um, because LPs were Expensive. a fortune. Yeah. I had a, I had a brother-in-law, uh, Peter, have a brother-in-law, Peter, who um, was a bit of a hippie, mm. And he kind of, I guess he saw a, a kind of a, he was my Yoda. I guess he saw a kind of a kindred spirit when it, when it came to music. And um, 
he would drop down some some LPs, treasured LPs, like mm. uh so Dylan shows up and and uh but but if Dylan didn't show up, it w- would have been Chris the Berg or Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever pay that ferry, man. No, no. Yeah. And it was played all the art like like meatloaf and you know, whatever was like my brothers bless them. Yeah. They used to say, Is that a real song or one you wrote yourself? You know. Yeah. <laughs> this was our early eighties then, was it? If uh, mid eighties, mid eighties, and then and then did I find the musicians? Maybe, maybe I I I, I had robbed a guitar or got yeah. some kind of guitar. I remember my sister came back with a with a guitar from uh, from Spain. You know, you bought a sombrero and a donkey, yeah, and a, and a Spanish guitar. It was yeah. just not that you'd ever play it, but you'd bring it you'd back have it as, there as, as a, a thing. And I I I remember very seriously, kind of just trying to figure that out. Yeah, and we were talking about Waltons and and your your old uh, employers. Um, I uh, I would walk up to Dunleary. Because uh, you couldn't get the bus because you didn't have the money, so you'd walk up to Dunleary and kind of look at songbooks of of yeah. Dylan songs and Beatles and Neil Young and Nick Drake and whatever, and you'd look, remember the chords, and try and just try scribble down um, tunings. I got I, yeah. I I became aware that that there was a standard tuning, and then there's other tunings you can yeah. mess around with or whatever. The secret doors, as I used yeah, to call. oh absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. It's it's funny, like if that was the, the mid eighties then there was kind of an, an era in Irish music mm. towards the late eighties, obviously U two and sure. you know, there was a whole host of bands, yeah. Cactus World News and yeah, a, a yeah. bunch of them yeah. W- yeah. W- way back then. But uh, as we were mentioning before there, um it was probably around ninety three or ninety four when I first heard Radiohead and oh. I was just like, Well, okay, this is a little bit different. At the same time, underneath that pile of CDs my sister gave me was the Frames DC, wow. as they were they were known Shh, then, and it was on, a, yeah. a single of. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the single. It wasn't Revelate. It was one of the ones before or that, like the dancer or or something like that. I remember. Um, you know, it cost about a, a pound to get it. Sure. Um, and I remember um, casually tuning into FM 104. Um, from Drada and hearing that the frames were going to be on late at night and rang in and I would have been 14 at the time or 15 and uh, Glenn, Glenn was being interviewed and at this stage the commitments has probably happened yeah 91 and uh, I remember rang up and I I may as well have been getting through to you too and uh, I had to answer the name of the question what was their first single and Glenn was like fair play yeah, yeah, yeah. got t- tickets to <laughs> Shouldn't do an impression. Uh, you got tickets to the Midnight at the Olympia. And I was like, right. next problem. How am I going to get to right. Midnight at the Olympia from Drogheda? But I did it and I'd seen the Friends many, many times. So in that era, where we, where were you and what were you doing in that that kind of the sort of dawning of a new kind of range of Irish music where suddenly we were no longer uh, second Where best. was I? I? I was gone. You were gone. You were in yeah. London at that stage. I was in New York. You're in New York. So you were over there in New York at that stage. Yeah. And you had a guitar? Uh, I sold guitars to get the one-way ticket. Right, okay. So you had no guitar in New York at that stage. I had nothing. So walk me through what happens from then. You mentioned Shin A there at the start of the 2000s. Um, How did you end up writing one of the albums that I still hold very dear to my heart, 33 and a third? 
how did how did that come about like if you if you didn't have a guitar yeah what what was your materials as a craftsperson at that stage uh my eyes and my 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 i was a sponge mm. and i got to new york and Shanae was in its pomp yeah and you saw Jeff Buckley as well, of course. That well, stage. well, Jeff was, uh, if I can describe what Sinead really was, I mean, you know, the most appalling coffee that has ever <laughs> been created and illegal yeah, because the, the, the machine that it was made from just wa- wasn't fit for purpose. Yeah. And uh, but it was cheap. So Shane Doyle and Carl, my brother, um, had opened this place. And in the daytime, it almost felt like a like the Irish embassy, right? And when I said at the start, like there's there's no reason why this cafe succeeded. should have should have succeeded. One of its charms, and one of the charms, uh, as difficult as it is to talk about Irish people in a, my own people as a in a in With a flattering person. light, we just we do greeting and people management really really well yeah there's a there's an ease and a charm that honestly in my years of traveling it, it just it, we are so disarming mm. we're bonkers yeah. but we're so disarming and we're very interested in making people kind of comfortable and welcome if we so choose you know yeah so Shanae's charm in the daytime when there's no music on with the shitty coffee and the the lousy sandwiches and whatever, and f- air filled with smoke because you could smoke then. Yeah, was just heads sitting around and chatting, and there was lots of East Village kind of musicians, Americans, and and uh, and the like. Mm. Because New York is a New York is a kind of a is a foster home for all of America as well. Yeah. You go to either coast, you go to LA, you go to New York. Yeah. Um, so there were all these kind of orphans, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, in in New York who were looking for something. So there was kindred this thing, spirits and abso- tribes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and uh, you know, you want to go, you want to go somewhere where you open the door. It's a bit like Cheers. You want to walk in somewhere where people are going to wave at you and acknowledge you. New York is a is a is a is a lonely, lonesome place at night, and. If you know that you can go somewhere, I just yeah. want to pop in here. I used to see people I, when I bartended; they'd hit maybe unthinkable here in 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 Ireland or Dublin, you know. But they on 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 your night out, and I don't I don't mean drinking shit face drunk. I mean just on your night out. Yeah, I would go to maybe ten places. Yeah, on a walk, and you know the East Village is tiny, but but. In the in the in the space of five blocks, I would, you know, we would go see that band of brownies. I'd go down to the sidewalk where I yeah. used to do my open mic. I'd I'd go to, you know, an abundance of coffee. Sit on a stoop outside, talk to the manager, have a cigarette. Go to go meet this guy. Meet another dude walking on the street. It was a walk like you didn't live yeah. in your apartment. You slept in your apartment. Yeah, your you lived outdoors. But there's nothing in the apartment. It was yeah. kind of like this tiny little bedsit. That's yeah. really what it was. Absolutely. So everything else is at your doorstep. So so go out and uh, and then it felt nice to be playing and and whatever. But but Shanae was that. So in the daytime, all of these kindred spirits, uh, and I just asked a lot of questions and and was really curious and 
there was really, really witty people. There was a friend of mine, Adam, Adam Roth. Uh, it's kind of older than me and really fabulous dresser and like movie references, constant uh, imitations of, you know, classic Bogart. You know, he just had this, he just had this font of, of cultural references. Charisma. And 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 charisma, yeah. and he was a musician. He played amazing guitar, and uh, so we, you know, we we talk about this notion of of attraction rather than promotion. You know? Yeah, uh, and all of these guys had it. I was I was really just wanted to hang out with these. So so pre Mark, uh, pre Mark certainly pre record, but pre Mark uh, with no gigs and no guitar. That's what I was doing. Yeah, I was drinking a lot of coffee and paying attention, and going to uh, going to movies and going to like be I became Being a sponge. Absorbed. Yeah, absolutely absorbing everything. Absolutely. What can you remember? Like the, the Shine thing is something that I I could easily glaze over, but it just seems like, and I associate you as being a a product of that era, like still to this day, because yeah. I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, like I certainly, as they stay in New York, I cut my teeth there. Exactly, and uh, and I do remember failing there. Uh, I must say, yeah, like, like there wasn't balloons and 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 confetti when I mm. played. I remember failing there. Yeah, and um, and then, and, and I don't know where it came from that I would, that I would get such a kicking, and I mean. A fucking kicking yeah. uh, at a gig, like just, just nobody cared. Yeah. So, so you're playing in Chennai at that time. There so there's is, no, there's no money. There's no, it's, there's, it's rock up, do your thing. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully you win, might, win a crowd. Yeah. Do it the hard way. Yeah. You know, people are chatting, people yeah. are talking, eating, eating, and important because everything that New Yorkers do is important. How how do you how, how do or what did you learn to win a crowd back then? Because like if you're cutting your teeth, that's one of the things you need to be able to silence them and yeah. get their attention. Yeah, it's a it's a funny one, and I, I I will answer it. But there is this kind of idea. There is this notion of kind of having to win a crowd. Mm. You know, maybe that's where we are in the world. But winning the crowd, meaning, meaning, in some way, doing it for a way that's pleasing to an audience. Yeah. Who, who is this audience? Are they an audience that they want to be won? Uh, do they want to be won? But but what what are their tastes? Are they McDonald's? Do they like McDonald's? Are they sushi people? Are yeah, true. You know, like are you not to, not to consider it kind of debasement or whatever? Mm. But I've I've wrestled with the idea of winning a crowd. Yeah, like how about the fucking crowd just. Just pay attention to me, and I I know what I do. Yeah. So wouldn't it be nice maybe if if they know what they need to do? Yeah, and then and then a crowd could say, "Well, go fuck yourself. We want to. Yeah. We want this. Yeah. We want we want that color blue, and we want you to sing this kind of thing. Exactly. And so it's an incredible, and at every gig, it's it it is that kind of meeting of. Mm. Uh, there's something kind of beautiful and challenging about uh, not not meeting of the minds. I know. So th that album then, if you were prototyping, I guess, the, the songs, you were testing them out effectively in well, those early to, stages. I had to write them. I had yeah. to, you know, so, so you know, 90, 92, 93, 94. 
I I I struck on this um, also in 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 my life. I was there was there was there was melancholy and mm. and there was kind of um, there were different kind of conversations that I was hearing. There was there was um, there was an appraisal of one's uh, background or an appraisal of. Um, who I was or who one was. Mm. I heard people write about songs like that. I heard, uh, hey, I'm from here and we do it, you know. And, and you know, we talked uh, before we started about about an expatriate yeah. and, and, and what, that, what that could mean. And I remember um, If I Should Fall From Grace With God, the Pogues album. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Fairy Tale in New York is is the monster on that, but but um, thousands are sailing. The the song by Phil Chevron. Um, uh, we walked hand in hand on Broadway like the first men on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I got back to my empty room, I guess I suppose I must have cried. Like here was a guy singing about uh, an an expatriate's kind of Belonging. that kind of jovial. The kind of the Irish guy who's like the life of the party that goes back to a bedsit on his own and kind of sobs himself asleep. Yeah, that's not a that's not an inaccurate kind of picture of what was happening to me. Yeah, you know, and and I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have you know what I was to later have uh, my music. I just had yearnings. I just mm. had so I went off, you know. So what do you do after after a kicking in you in, in Chennai a couple of times? Well you you go to a lower level place and mm. you, you start from scratch and you um I started to get comfortable uh talking. Yeah. I started to get comfortable just uh you know, the 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 support act kind of rule book is that you you go out there before the main act and you you turn everything up to its maximum volume and you just flail away at the loudest volume and that just shows passion and god this guy i'm just going to listen yeah it's coming from the heart but but actually what i found 9 times out of 10 was that if they've nothing invested in you mm. all <laughs> all you are is a very loud noise yeah. that they just rise to so so you're flailing away and and their volume is actually matching you. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, fuck it. I that that just doesn't that just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So I would go out and I would not play I would not play anything. Yeah. And start talking. Yeah. And then I'd play the quietest song I could think of. And even the biggest loudmouth in the room would start to get embarrassed the fact that all around him somehow I was managing to get the room to just be a little gentler to me yeah and then I ne- and once I once I had that I didn't kind of go to the second song and start bashing away because I haven't earned the right yet yeah so I just kept it at that volume it's a re- it's a it's a pro move it's a pro move yeah. but 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 I was only but I wasn't a pro yeah. So so this stuff was so fragile. And do you think like one of the th- the things that I'm 
coming to realize, and I, I can see the the similarity between yourself and mm. other like Jeff Buckley's first album, like yeah. where there's such a, a sort of a an array of um, dynamics. Like, yeah, there's yeah. quite loud louds and you know quite very sincere. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see the Pixies, the Pixies again and again and again. Like they they, and I suppose uh, Sonic Youth before that mm. or whatever. But 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 the Pixies kind of mastered the. The loud, loud, soft, soft. Yeah, they were just the masters of it. Absolutely. And uh, so, so Jeff was was in all that. Also, like his his playing, his his actual sensational. His yeah. his chops are are just out, outrageous because he was in he was in hair bands for like eight or nine years. So we have this like Jeff Buckley. What do you mean hair bands? Like you know, L.A. Oh, hair bands. like like. Um, like, like poison, white, and white snake, and, all, all of yeah, that. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. Yeah. So hair bands, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Like, yeah. Hairspray, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hair bands. They were called. Yeah. Like he's he's from that, right? So okay. we we have this idea, uh, uh, Jeff, the kind of the broken winged um, angel who landed to us pre emo. It just sang yeah. from a you know like bloodletted songs yeah. and and whatever, but it, it wasn't like that at all. He was a fucker. Was in a van. Mm. Playing these appalling clubs like yeah. like a road dog for years, and gets to New York and kind of ditches the band and ditches all of that and and goes on on his own way. Well, and and his own way, ironically, is is his father's way. Yeah, you know. So he runs as far away from that as he possibly can. I, I remember hearing a story, and I don't know if it's true. Mm. Um, it's an old story and I have to try and think about this before I get it right. Now, one, one of my friends, Mark Nixon, has just done a podcast with Roddy Doyle, believe it okay. or not, and yeah. spoke about the commitments and how that was written and where that was written. And um, if anyone hasn't watched The Commitments, folks, do oh, yourselves yeah. a favour. Go, yeah. go on. It's a, it's a good movie. But Glenn Ansard was in that movie and I remember seeing and hearing, like, they they toured the, then the the live version of that would have been 91, 92, probably okay. in, in that era. Yeah. And the crazy connection between all of this was Jeff Buckley was Glenn Hansard's roadie. I don't know if this is true. M maybe you could talk to it, but the connection from Roddy Doyle sitting in a bedsit in Clontarf in Dublin yeah. to connection to Sinead, yeah. Jeff Buckley, Shane, well, well, you. Shane, Shane, uh, Shane, and Carl were very, very good at like if, if river dance or some big splash of an Irish thing was happening. But was there a connection between the Shane and Jeff Absolute. Buckley? Okay, absolutely. So, so this yeah. is no longer just a bar. This is a network, a diaspora. Well, like I was saying, well, like I was saying, the 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 unofficial Irish embassy. This is yeah. where you went. And you Jeff know. Buckley, being Buckley's surname, is like, oh, absolutely. He's he's Irish. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Shane was really good at, at, at kind of uh, getting in touch with, with something that was hot, that was passing through New York. And wow. because New York, the, if it is hot, they are passing through. Mm -hmm. So so the commitments he nailed and said, you should come down to Shanae and, and sing some songs. You come down to the village. Crazy. And, you know, uh, anyone who's been in New York, there's, there's the, the, you know, Times Square and 42nd Street and the theatre kind of world. Yeah. Uh, there's something very, very exciting about jumping in a cab and heading downtown. Yeah. You know, to play a feels gig. a bit. Yeah, but, it, but, but also, and, you know, early 90s, 
Um, I had friends of mine who had never been to, wouldn't go to the East Village because it was just so wild, wild west yeah. and, and, and gritty. Yeah. And, uh, so this was exciting to them. So so uh, Glenn, Glenn had met, had met Jeff and... And did you know Glenn at this stage? Is this... I, I knew Glenn in, in, in Dublin. Dublin. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so around the, the frame's birth of 94 Yeah, uh, got him before. Yeah, 92. Yeah, yeah. I just remember him on a Vespa. Flash, flash kit, you know, on a Vespa. Was he ever cool? No, <laughs> no. He was very, uh, he was very passionate. And yeah. he, uh, and, and... What's wonderful about him is like like none of that is cool. Being really kind of passionate and earnest is terribly uncool. Yeah, it's much cooler to be with a pair of sunglasses and sitting in the corner scoffing at everything. Yeah, and in the same way that Bono isn't cool, Bono wants to throw his arms around the world. Yeah, Tom York goes, "Oh my God, I I'm so uncomfortable around people. Please leave me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you know? but." But in its magic and it at its at its purest, there's yeah. there's nothing like someone throwing their arms around the world, you know. I know, um, but I, I just I want just want to wrap up the Shin A piece yeah. a, a little bit more. But the authentic self is something that I I, I hear coming through and yeah. what you're talking about, and the authentic self with it just I, I I'm always uncomfortable with the authentic self because it sounds so inauthentic. I, I know, but uh, <laughs> you know from, I mean? from where I'm looking, yeah. it, it looks like um, it, it's just it's it's so neat and tidy to go and mark and you did it when it, when an actual but you're fact, doing it. I don't think it's, doing it. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm more comfortable with that. Yeah, I don't think you. Yeah, I just like even even in the midst of like the happenstance of so I got signed because I bartended. Yeah. And this guy would come in and a friend of mine, this lovely woman, ironically from uh, uh, from the Czech Republic and the whole Marquetta, yeah. Glenn, again, uh, with the Oscar and once the movie, whatever. So this this girl, uh, mad about uh, Irish music and, and whatever, and she would come in. I didn't know where she worked, but she would come into the bar and I was playing gigs by that point. I was playing my own songs mm. in these little kind of cafes and doing doing good. Like yeah. doing like I didn't have a plan. I didn't I wasn't I wasn't looking for a label or I wasn't trying to get signed. I wasn't but uh, but I was I was I was really writing. I think I'd done It Beats Me and Adam and Eve. I think I'd written them. We're lucky enough that Mark has allowed us to drop some of his music in so I just wanted to play Adam and Eve here in the middle of this episode let's take a little bit of a break and listen to Adam and Eve The payoff's on Tuesday I'll follow the crow There's pennies from hell I don't suppose And I woke up on Thursday 
onto something. I knew that I'd I knew that I'd said something in those songs uh, that felt absolutely, absolutely my own. Hmm. And very simple songs and very uh, there's not a whole lot I've said in them. But but the melancholy, I keep talking about that word or whatever, there's a way hmm. to do it that's the sweetest McCartney kind of sweetness with all of the kind of hinted at kind of hard-fought, hard-won little battles or... or yeah. I'm very into that, those kind of, you know, to just cut it down to the absolute... Distill it. Just distill it to its absolute, you know, beauty, whatever. Anyway, so I, I had those songs and this girl had recorded them on a little cassette uh, and she was playing it in the office. So so this guy keeps coming to the to the, to the the bar, in the bar I'm, I'm bartending at and... Uh, and then I I do I guess a kind of a bigger gig I don't I, I was asked to play this bigger gig 
and all these people from the office and the the girl, this the Czech girl and all her bosses and whatever. So they've been playing my music in this uh, in this office, mm. and they all go, they all buy tickets and they come. Yeah, <clears throat> and it turns out that this guy who comes into the bar all the time just kind of knew me as you know that's Mark, Irish guy, Mark the yeah. bartender or whatever, and uh, they he goes to uh, to the gig. And looks at the stage and goes, wait, what is Mark, the Irish bartender, doing when we're here to see Mark Erie? Really? Yeah. You hadn't connected yeah. the two? No, because you you, yeah, because yeah. you didn't. Because you just, you, you know, you go to your donut guy in the morning or like yeah. in Seinfeld, there's the, you know, the the, the soup Nazi. You, you know, he <laughs> yeah. lives behind that counter. He doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah. New York is like that. You know, yeah. you have a, you have a donut guy you go to. You get very uncomfortable if you see him in some social event somewhere else because you know it's out of, out of the, the norm. It's out of the it's out of your little blinkered kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy uh, turns out to be Gil Holland, uh, who goes to comes to, and finds me at the bar and goes, "I was at the gig last night. Fucking hell, we've been listening to you for the last three months on this little demo. We fucking love these songs. What can I do? What like?" What 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 is it what is it that you would need? And I said I I want to make a record. Yeah. He said okay. So he goes off and like record label for dummies. I think he might have bought. I think really? such a thing exists. Yeah. So this is how it all came about. This like is that. how Sonoblast happens. This is wow. how. Wow. So it's a lot of fortuitous events. Like that have, you uh, couldn't you couldn't you couldn't uh, if it was I in a movie you think it. I couldn't yeah. plan it. But if it was in a movie, you'd think it was too far fetched. But it was little, it's crazy, you know, yeah. And 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 also, and you and and you would know this as a musician. Like there is no one gig, right? Yeah. That, that music mythology where you go like, oh, you know, that one gig where he slayed it, killed it, oh, killed it, and then the deal. Your 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 life never, uh, never is the same again. Yeah, my experience, and it's only my experience. I. I I go and I go to Italy and I go to Austria and I go to these places. Uh, the challenge is is back to that challenge of the first gig and trying to trying to win the room. Yeah, I just happen to have twenty years of of Experience. being a road dog and 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 a and a batch of songs that yeah. I that I can sing with such ease and such uh, such belief. Yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not having to prove anything, and and suddenly that translates. That translates like that's a motive. You're just very, well, you're 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 you're, you're, you're I'm a safe pair of hands. Like can, just let me, you know, let me let me just do the do night it. for you, and just you know. And I think that's just to to t touch on that. That's what I mean by the authentic. Yeah, the piece. Like you mm. know, it's and when I was away and um for quite a long time. There was music that I gravitated towards, and yeah. most of the stuff that's sustained in my catalog is the authentic stuff—the yeah. stuff that really speaks to me. Not just as an expat, but just—it almost seems um, like lullabies. What I was saying to before, yeah. like they're, yeah. they're really—it's not overly complicated, and I don't mean that to be anyway. It's not overly complicated, but it's really true. And some of the yeah. best songs, as you know, are like. You know, three chords and sure. maybe four at the most. Yeah, and I I feel there's some songs in there that are just gonna live on for yeah. for centuries. Like yeah. you know, yeah. one of the songs that um I want to talk to you a little bit about is Obi's Chair. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's 
it's something that I know when I came into you today and I was chatting and talking to you about yeah. Obi's chair, you know, a big smile came on your face, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Talk to me about that song in particular. Um, and also, um, how, how do you feel about that song now in, in the present day? Uh, <laughs> that's a huge question. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, th I don't think about the song. I do get a smile when someone kind of responds to it. Uh, I don't listen to my albums because that would be kind of psychotic if, if you kind of came in yeah, setting up and I was, yeah, I can imagine. I know like people, an Alan Partridge I know people who do. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, really? And, okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen to their own stuff and just, I was just, I had a great time today just listening to myself, you know. Um, uh, I, I hit upon a, a particular kind of tuning for Obi's chair. It's just the G that I tune down. Right. So it changes everything as far as chords and chord shapes. Whatever. The phrasing. And then there's a little, there's a little kind of, kind of back and forth in the, in the finger pick or whatever. And I just sat out on a fire escape on 9th street, uh, between, uh, Avenue A and first where I lived. Yeah. And um, I've often thought it was a bit like uh, there's a Tom Waits record, uh, The Heart of Saturday Night. Um, and in one of the songs, you hear taxis and a kind of a wet kind of gravel, mm. a tarmac or whatever. You can hear the, the taxi tires kind of screech and beeping and people shouting or whatever. Yeah, I love it. And that's that's what Ninth Street was. It was just constant that constant kind of back yeah. noise. Hey, fuck you, man! And hey, yeah. you know, like people telling whatever they were doing. Yeah, girls laughing, all of it. So, so that's my soundtrack. That's my that's my track. Mm -hmm. So I start playing the the song, and it just so you were asking me, you know, like so 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 Obi's chair. Uh, I have a son called Obi. And I, I lugged this uh, piece of furniture back in the middle of the night, this really cast iron chair. Um, he hadn't been born yet. And I was grappling with the, with the notion of being a father and the notion of like, what, 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 what happens to me? Mm. And what happens to me? And, and is it going to be good? Or, you know, will I be able to do it? Yeah. And uh, so, th so this chair, uh, I kept it. And it stayed in the apartment and I just kept looking at it and, and we kept saying, well, that's Obi's chair. We decided on the name Obi, mm. uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, uh, <laughs> was it from Star Wars? Absolutely it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it means love. Or, or, or in Obi which, in, in, from when? Is whence? it Hebrew? Okay. I think it's... I remember uh, a Jewish friend of mine asked me, "Was it Obadiah that I was calling my son?" Yeah, uh, from the from the. From I the think good, I'll, I'll good, try and do a double good, check on that. the good book. But uh, I said, "No, no, no! It's it's Obi Wan, a different Bible." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> she, she was kind of horrified, but but so that so that chair is there, so it's in my conscience. I'm I, I'm I'm looking at it and and whatever, yeah. And then and then I was saying to you, I think it's. Uh, it's a bit of a, and I have a lot of songs that are are kind of love songs to New York itself. Uh, New, the New York that is a a state of mind or a or a or an idea or a, you know, I I I kind of do that. I kind of write little hymnals to mm. it, you know. Uh, so the it's so it's in the tombs where lovers meet, 
who cursed the gods that they must seek another is mm. a line in the song. And the tombs is is where you get arrested. Right. Okay. The tombs is is I mean the last place you want to end up if you've been picked up. Yeah. Central booking and you go to the tombs because you yeah. will you'll rot there for a, while. a couple of a couple of weeks until your 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 court case right. kind of comes up. So the tombs isn't just the tombs in a kind of a Religious. an Egyptian kind of way. It's actually a place. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, a so, purgatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and really frightening. And I knew lots of people, and, and there was lots of moments in my in my in my early New York days, not in my later New York days, but in my early New York days, there was possibilities that things like that could have happened. Right. Um. There were kind of dark, dark times and dark places where mm. where I I that could have happened. Yeah. Um. And and all of the all of the writing happens from a place that I, I was pretty certain it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So it was a place of kind of, in much more kind of grounded, sober, yeah. uh, a sober place, a safe place. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's no surprise that my kind of sobriety and, and taking care of myself happens at the same time that I start writing songs that are, that are reflective. Okay. And 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 sore. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, absolutely. Like, like the stuff that's a little bit later in um, <clears throat> opium. Yeah, it, there's a shift. Yeah, it's like a. It's not too dissimilar, but there's definitely a progression away, yeah. and there's a more of a more of a positivity. Yeah. I think in, yeah. in a lot of those. Well, there's thorns. Songs. There's thorns in all in all of the songs, and there's there's it's just it's a lot of the time it's it's distance. Yeah, um, that I'm able to. Uh, I mean, the stuff I'm writing now uh, for the new album is is uh, it's all very cottage forest uh, yeah. lockdown. Mystical. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. I've been reading um, with a lot of you know, not to sound like a pompous twat, but but I was always frightened because I, I had no real kind of formal education. I was always quite frightened of Greek mythology and thought it was you know it was, mm. it was for the uh, for the university the crowd, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like just to pronounce some of the stuff. Yeah, but uh, but Stephen, uh, uh, who's our boy, uh, English comedian Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, yeah. Stephen Fry had the gorgeous uh, um, uh, book about the Greeks, and just and just puts his little kind of knowing kind of stuff in it. So it's it reads like the East Enders. Yeah. And uh, and just just how how rotten the gods are, you know. And then there's this woman who was a huge, huge kind of thing for me at the moment called Madeline Miller. And she uh, she has a song, uh, two books. Uh, one is called um, The Songs of Achilles, where she places uh, Patroclus, uh, yeah. his right hand man, as his lover, which was very common uh, during during the Greek kind of times and whatever. But it's the most beautiful love affair you've ever you've ever read. Wow. I mean, it's it's uh, and the narration comes from the slave who's taken from Troy, um, and it, it's just so beautiful. And then her next book was was uh, Circe, and Circe gets a bit of a mention in in the Odyssey. Um, she turns sailors into pigs. Ah. but. But what Madeline does in this one is that she she has, does a whole kind of backstory of of Cersei, and of course we're we're talking about we're talking about immortals. So yeah. so if Zeus is pissed off with you, Zeus yeah. is is gonna 
you know, forever and well, doesn't change eternity. his mind. And yeah. So the, but Cersei's story and the way she writes about these, yeah. these old myths are, they're so heartbreaking. And absolutely. The, the, the period that you're in now in your life. Yeah. How do you write and how is it differed from, say, 33 and a third? Like, the, what's the evolution um, of your writing process? Because there's notebooks here around us, yeah. and folks, and there's yeah. one, two, three, four, five guitars. Yeah. And we're surrounded by guitars. Like, yeah. Is it something that you just wait for inspiration or is it something that you do daily? Well, well, it's it's really lovely. It's really lovely to be asked. And it's really lovely that you're just sitting here. So um, if I can just put that down. And yeah. Then, so of the guitars, some of them are in different tunings. Right. So I get out of bed, I put on the coffee, and who, and it, it sounds bonkers, but fuck it. One of those guitars is, well, all of them will be played. Yeah. But some of them will call out to me. So I have this. Beautiful Martin, isn't it? Oh, it's a uh, Gibson. It's, a, it's an old Gibson, but I, it's in Nashville tuning. Oh, yeah. So I had it in the tuning. I went to bed and I came up and put the coffee on. Right, so that's just screaming out. There's the door open. That's what I got. I don't really know the shapes of what I'm supposed to be playing, but I found that. Yeah. Did I warn you? There's no time. Did I wake you? In the blood moonlight, there's someone out there. I think you're right. Then we walls to the wall. And sacred night, the night I'm erased again Lost without a friend A man leads a life half blind In the hollow we climb Right? So... So I sat in all of those notebooks and just and just kept just kept playing the phrase. Yeah. And it felt like a like almost like a it felt like a sermon or it felt like galloping you know, horses. Galloping horses. So what yeah. are you saying, Mark? What are you saying? So I had yeah. pages and pages and just just kept hacking away. It was like the, the next bit, I want water, I want wine, I want the poison in my veins to work this time. Like just Wow, so you you go for quantity and lyrics, and you you write. In this one, I did. Yeah, not always, not always. It just felt like exactly as you said, galloping. Yeah, but but like you're only gonna gallop with me if you're into what I'm saying to you. Yeah, but like I want the poison in my veins to work this time. That's fucking that's heavy. A big, that's a big. You one. know, like wow, what's this fucker at? Let's, yeah, but let's keep going. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Whatever this this gallop is, I I I'm curious. You know, and I think it's important. For people to realize when you've been hit with those kind of thunderbolts. Yeah. Do you put the guitar down at that point or what do you do? Do you stop and say, well, that's enough for one day and then come back to it? Or do you just keep with it? Uh, well, that was over the course of, 
I mean, you know, how, how, however long your heart rate has increased mm. and you're scribbling and that first, yeah. like maybe you get lucky, maybe you get a verse. Yeah. If I can get a, I've certainly got a verse and I've certainly got a, got a, got a tag at the end, the hollow. And yeah. The, and the hollow took a long time to find. I was mm. trying to, I was trying to place it in the thing. Like, where am I? Where am I? Yeah. I'm on a gallow. I'm on a. I, I'm. I'm being hung. I'm a prisoner. It's from a, other year though. That 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 sound is. Well, it's, it's Americana. It's Amer- and it's yeah, a, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know, 1800s. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Well, that's know. exactly. It's it's exactly right. So okay, so so we're in the 1800s now. It's dusty and it's uh, it's uprising and it's and it's rebellion and it's it's. Uh, but I'm being hung on the gallows. Yeah. You know. Here's a question for you now, yeah. like. That guitar is, I don't know, it's probably 50 years old. Or, yeah. You know, it's it's a Gibson. How does it differ, that Nashville tuning, and how important is it that that guitar is in that tuning versus these other ones over here? I think there's a Martin and a, yeah. and a Takamini. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that I find, and I've got multiple guitars as well, Yeah. some guitars just feel different in certain chords. Yeah. Well, the Martin is, is, has been my workhorse for... It's famous to any Irish uh, fans of Irish music. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, so they don't make them anymore. It's a triple O. And I've never been... Like, during the lockdown, I kind of went a bit mad because there was no gigs. Yeah. And I really only had, like, one guitar. I only ever had one guitar. Right. And it was the Martin. It was that triple O. And so these, uh, are, these are recent acquisitions then? Fairly recent. Fairly recent. But, but with the what what I loved, and I bought a piano. I learned how to I learning teaching myself how to play piano. Yeah. Um. So with the Nashville, like as opposed to God, wouldn't it be lovely to have a Nashville guitar and just see what you could do? Why not just have a Nashville that's in that tuning? So for the for the listeners, what you do is that you you take all of the high strings off a twelve string guitar. Yeah. And and you put all of, so they're all these chiming, and yeah. and and you you said it uh, during um, when we were talking about Obie's chair and Adam and Eve and, and whatever. Like I write at night a lot of the time, mm. or I sing to myself at night. So there's a lullaby quality just by yeah. I'm maybe being a little quieter, and my yeah. heart rate is lower. Actually, yeah. physically your heart rate kind of slows down at night, yeah. you know. So you're just sitting, the fire's on and, and whatever. And I, I don't want to paint this kind of like, you know, mark the aesthetic or mark the hermit or whatever. Like I'm as bonkers as yeah. as just about everyone else. But but I, uh, to answer your original question about like, what do I know now that I maybe didn't when I was trying to write songs in, for 33 and a third? Uh, my awareness of that, that's something stay with it, I think, yeah. is is has absolutely magnified. Yeah. That, that I, I would have never, never, never stayed with a song like the one I just yeah. knocked out to you. Over a period of time. I couldn't have because of my attention span as a rabbit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just wouldn't have I wouldn't have seen it through <clears throat> and I wouldn't I wouldn't <clears throat> have trusted my own my own sleuthness. I wouldn't yeah. have I wouldn't have been able to find the little bits and the clues and the magic. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have seen them. Yeah, you you weren't experienced enough. I I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, so that's what's changed, and uh, 
you mentioned there about when you wake up in the morning, yeah, one of these guitars is going to. But it, 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 just see what speak. they see what they have. Do they have something to say? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's almost. It's very religious in in, in oh, a certain way, like you know. Like I'm they're, 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 so aware of that. I mean, you know what I mean. I, but I I I honestly say um, that I I'm a musician, but it's it's because of vocation. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it's just what I do. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know about you, and I don't know about the world we live in, and how you experience it. But for me, as a musician now. Uh, when I go to the airport with my guitar on my back and all of my pedals, I'm like a snail. I'm just I'm just bringing the shit yeah. to on tour. Yeah, and uh, and they're big shows and they're tiny shows and they're let's go and tour and see, hope for the best and it's it's all of that. Yeah, there isn't just a level that I do, but my my question to you was was uh I, I I honestly feel that my that actually my life, not me just as a musician or whatever, is a form of kind of like civil disobedience. Mm. It's because I I don't work for anyone. Yeah. I don't I don't answer to anyone. I don't wake up in the morning and have fifteen emails. Yeah. Could you just knock that out and, and we'll do a meeting and we'll do the and 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 people can say, well, you lucky bastard, and they're absolutely right. Yeah. But they can also say, like, that's insane, or or would you not? Would you not feel like making money? Would you not feel like, you know, that would you get a, get a nicer car, get a blah blah blah? You know. Yeah. My civil disobedience is like this is completely what it is, mm. and and that's happened over. 20 years as right. well it's not just music so i can show up with with these songs that i absolutely like i you i still in. play i still play adam and eve it's part yeah. of it's part of a set yeah. and it's it's a card it's a it's a it's the a color. final goodbye to everyone where i've won the gig yeah it's a it's a it's a celebration that's what that song has turned into yeah like, how did I know that that was ever going to happen? You don't. You have no idea. You, you would, know? yeah. You wouldn't have when you created it. But just touching on the, the religious thing mm. a little bit more, like um, I noticed on the way down in the car here that there's a there is some mentions of Holy Mary. Oh, and, I do. I do it all the time. And yeah, I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and I hadn't really heard it. Yeah. It's the fr it's like I must have listened. To that album, as I said, like, you know. Well, his God doesn't yeah. know me or answer my call in yeah, Adam yeah. and Eve. There's I mean, a that's Hail such Mary. a big lyric, like, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I think um, to give people who aren't Irish, to give them some sort of context, what it was like, you yeah. know, you're, you're probably schooled in the 80s, yeah. like myself, like, yeah. you know. It, it was, was kind of drilled into it. It was unavoidable. Yeah, you couldn't get away from this stuff. Like, I mean, you know? it was just like you, you picked it up, you picked up phrases and, and whether you believed it or not like you're asleep at mass you're you're just trying to you're either too too hot or too cold you're just rocking yourself and willing it to end yeah like there's I no do remember that there's no there's no uplifting sermon because it's all done in such a monotone and and miserable and kind of a bit dour and you know yeah so there's the kind of presbyterian almost in that you know yeah just the, the sort of the, the procession yeah of, yeah of just going with yeah it. and but 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 then 
you know, the 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 stained glass windows, the the incense, the 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 rituals, the pageantry of it all, or whatever. Whether you believe it or not, and the guy kind of and the body of Christ and whatever, it just it just gets in. And also as a writer, yeah, it's it's it permeates. So, it's but it's so provocative. Yeah, it's it's as powerful as I want the poison in my veins to work this time. Like the God doesn't know me or or Hail Mary or or it just they just have a they have a kind of a a kind of a spark to those those yeah. words when you land it. Not that not that I'm trying to do them on purpose. No, no, They're no. Actually, they just pop out there. Absolutely, but the, <laughs> it's funny because the the lullabyic, if you want to, I don't know if that's a, a phrase even, but the style of music that. Yeah seems to gravitate back to us yeah and i have found myself this is crazy like yeah. and i'm not religious at all like yeah. you know humming stuff from my childhood sure. that was was kind of we'd sing it in mass well you know the you know the way the the jesuits would say you know give us a child um yeah from from the age of seven and we'll give you the man right okay that was a that was a, it was a thing a, that was a thing and that was a boast for them now wow if i think of that and i think of my own children i would think well, I would keep you away Wait, from yeah. any seven-year-old uh, that I could think of. Yeah, you know? um, because because they knew that at, as as that little brain is forming, you get them at that age or whatever, and they're hooked completely. Yeah, absolutely, completely. But those songs that we we all probably in Ireland anyway were kind of brainwashed into singing, like yeah. as school children, yeah. they were very catchy. Yeah, and they were they were they were in some way moving. And, yeah, um, yeah. But also, but also, you know, like to get out of to get out of classrooms and and into an assembly. And yeah. if you want to, man, if you want to sit here with me for for three hours and we'll sing hymns and we'll go through the yeah the Catholic kind of songbook, I'm down to do that. Just don't bring me back into the classroom and have me listen to about peg or, or yeah, some kind some of bore, boring just, stuff. just terrible stuff so of course it, uh oh it's attractive I but, know. but i i do i i uh it, it, i get asked about it a lot and and it, it's always it's it's surprising to me um but i think that's i think it's exactly as you say i think i just think it it gets in there and like I'm figuring it out. Or maybe yeah. this is a this is a way to kind of wash it out that yeah. I can actually write it down and and whatever. Um, because, mm -hmm. but I'd be, I'd have no formal religion or whatever. But but get me out into the forest there. I'll, I'll bring you out for a little wander and, and yeah. uh, you know have a look. Yeah, I I mean get me out there and I I I can think all kinds of notions. Yeah, the, um, I have no I have no fixed point. Uh, yeah, like I think most people in Ireland are probably yeah in a, in a similar place. Like, I think you know, so. Yeah, you know, yeah. what's the future looking like now? Because like I notice, you know, it's 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 really rooty. Um, you got the piano in the corner here over here. Yeah. Um, you're still signed with Sonoblast, and you you got this album's coming out next year. Yeah. Um, what when can we expect that out? And and also, what are you, what are you up to in the next say six months? Uh, well, I'm going to do, uh, so next week, uh, in Whelan's in Dublin, Yeah, I'm going to do this residency. So there's five weeks, there's five shows. Who knew that there were five weeks in Whelan's? In Whelan's. Like who knew there was five weeks in a, in a November, but that's what <laughs> it turns out. So every Wednesday I'm going to, 
I'm going to do a show and I'm, I, I've been asked to kind of, I thought it might be nice to curate each week. So it'd be a different band, a different support act. Yeah. Uh, different guests and different songs each week. Wow, that's a lovely idea. You know, so, so, so they exist completely by themselves. Yeah. Like each kind of thing. So that challenges me to, not that I'd, I'd lean on one particular thing or another, but, but really kind of focuses me on, on okay, so, so this week I'm going to, so it might be a trad band. I might have a trad band. And then nice. it'd be, um, for the first two shows, uh, I have a lot of singers. Um, so I just adore, uh, you know, and it goes back to that, that moment of, of maybe when you were at Whelan's with us, um, if a room starts singing, yeah, <laughs> like and that room is special as well. Yeah, but 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 any room, honestly, that is that is involved in in you know just the voices actually singing a a melody, yeah. a room doing it. Like it doesn't matter how loud a band is. It doesn't matter how yeah hooky those guitar parts are, or the bass, or the you know the drum solo. There is nothing that it that attracts me more. Yeah than two and three you know i was watching the the beatles get back for the maybe oh, yeah. the eighth time and like when they're all when the three of them are singing magic yeah it's just i know you know it's, it's outrage it's outrageous musicianship yeah it, it is it is lottery winner on top of lottery winner on top yeah. of you know and uh so so i had this idea so uh, there's a girl called megan o'neill beautiful piano player, has her own career. Um, so she's coming to play and sing on the songs. And then uh, Ellen O'Reilly, a bass player. So these were, these are interesting kind of people too because they've come from a from a later Dublin than I, a later Ireland, and yeah. studied in BIM and, and kind yeah, of yeah. notation and music chops and and music degrees and, and whatever. And then went to London to hustle yeah so they come from a world of kind of they can be very comfortable you know the session top, top top liners in sessions yeah. making creating songs making hit records and whatever yeah and and then rejecting it and going like actually this doesn't work because of this it doesn't work because i because uh, i might as I, I might as well be in microsoft making components yeah i'm not really invested in it the 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 musicianship and the chops I'm very interested in. Yeah. But, but the but the uh the the pop song made to order just doesn't, doesn't and do it's it never done. But but spend a week in a car together and let's listen to top forty and I guarantee you, I guarantee you we'll have our favorite pop songs. Because yeah. it's crack cocaine for ears. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's designed that it's way. It's McDonald's food. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we would be we'll get into the car and you'll hear it four times a day. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you like it or not. But by the end of it, we'll be singing our Taylor Swifts and our yeah. all the rest of it, killing it, singing Absolutely. away. You know. Um. But it's not the music I listen to, and it's not the music that sustains me in any way or or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, they say what is it? Music is food for the soul. Mm. And I mean, that's yeah. it's you've got a cho choice of what food you put into your body, and um. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's well, I true. think I think people, you know, the the people in in the know or the people in power or the people who are looking to sell something, they know that music is the thing that's going to sell it. Yeah, more than and more than any picture, more than any, 
uh, kind of slick little video or whatever, a catchy little something is just going to... It's still very powerful. Well, yeah, we've been doing this, you know, like the Americans figured that out a long time ago, just a catchy jingle. Yeah. Um, it was going to sell your uh, going to sell your product, you know. Um, well, look, Mark, if people want to reach out to you and, and listen to your music and buy your music, yeah, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, to listen, they can do Spotify. Uh, the new song, um, uh, well, there's one, "The Forest" and uh, "Spectre" are the two songs Latest from ones. the from the new album. And uh, so, there's Bandcamp and, and get in touch with me. I'm on. Instagram and, and whatever you're on everywhere I'm everywhere and then and then you know if you're in Ireland you know come to pick a Wednesday yeah absolutely pick a Wednesday I'll be there anyway for at least one of them great Mark great. thanks so much for your time Jerry a pleasure really lovely so there you have it folks if you got this far in the conversation thank you so much for listening you can check out more of our episodes on this is cd.com and if you want to support the network you can subscribe and become a patron for as little as one euro sixty six per month. See you in the next episode.